Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hello, welcome to the latest episode of the Manchester Is Red podcast. And it's a special edition here, the day after United's humiliation against Spurs. Manchester is pink, not just with the new away kit, but with embarrassment on the cheeks of United. Beaten 3-0 by Tottenham on Monday night. But well, I've not introduced my guest, it's Kieran <laughs> Kelly. He, Shocking. Kieran, you had the... I was going to say the pleasure of going to watch United last night. It was an interesting game. As Mourinho, and we'll touch on to this later, said United played really well in that first half. Fred hit the side netting netting within the first 20 seconds or so, but it just didn't happen in in the end. It was the same old problems for United. But what did you make of the entire event as a spectacle? Yeah, um, I mean, really it properly started an hour before kickoff with the team news and you looked at that team and... We've seen this a lot with Guardiola when you see the team on paper, you're like, what formation is that? Who's playing right back and things? And for one of the few times, really, you, you saw that with the Mourinho team, you're like, you know, there were six on paper central midfielders there and, um, you know, who was going to play in defence. And he went with three at the back, which didn't come as too much surprise. He, he often does that after a bad defeat. He'd go back to basics, try and shore things up. Um, and Ander Herrera was was the guy who played right centre back, and um, you know he, he did pretty well. But it kind of shows you how already three games in, how desperate things have gotten. That Mourinho's uh, dropped by from the squad, Lindelof on the bench, only brought on out of necessity, and he's playing Herrera at uh, centre back. And Herrera is one of those players he really trusts, one of the most intelligent players he's ever worked with, and that's probably why he played there. And you saw what he did; he, he brought the ball forward. He was gallant, uh, but he's not a defender. So that kind of was was a real left field move and six changes overall. You had guys like Herrera, Mata, uh, not even in the squad. Mario Darmian, who started the first game against Leicester, not in the squad after all that furore about whether he would go or stay. Then you enter the game and... Um, Just getting started on. Yeah, sorry. First half, um, I think it was a good response. I think after what happened at Brighton, it wouldn't have taken much to get a response, but if there was anyone in doubt whether uh, Mourinho still can still can get someone out of his players, I think that first half was a good example that um, with the new kind of formation, new personnel, um, they did okay. I, I think it's been a little overblown personally about how well they did. I think um, it was very even, wasn't it? That first half, United did respond as you said in, st- in some sort of style. Someone's in hot demand here. Mourinho. <laughs> Sorry, I'll turn that off. What are you doing next week? <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, it's interesting because, like you said, United did respond in its in, in a positive manner. But like you said, compared to Brighton, they had to respond. It's no surprise. We yeah. can't give United credit for coming out and attacking at home this against is a big tight rival. It's just because it's better than what we've seen before. But yeah. it's still not acceptable, really. Yeah, so. I think what what you saw was the intensity we expect of that you know mythical United DNA that we always hear about that we haven't really seen. Um, I know it's maybe a bit unfair to talk about March, April, May when you know the Premier League for United there wasn't really much to play for but those last couple of months of the season were, were <coughs> a hard watch yeah. um, the start to this season obviously the Brighton game um, those players didn't look like 
uh, international superstars. And I think the first half was just a bit of fight, a bit of hunger. Um, Mourinho, I thought as well, kind of led that on the touchline. Um, there were times when he was a bit like Conte, um, acting like a clown, inverted commas. You know, he was up and down, waving arms. He, he was looking like the Mourinho of all, but ultimately what he's judged on is, is the results and his Midas touch ultimately deserted him because you look at, you know, what is happening to that defence that no matter what personnel he put in there, um, they're just so shot of confidence and... When Mourinho tries to respond that and rectify that, you know, he, he's again turned to Marlon Fellaini after an hour. And that's the second game succession that's happened. For me, I'm, I'm seeing that as almost a white flag that, you know, I run out of ideas if he's coming on that early. And I think that's that's a concern uh, going forward that unless Lukaku takes chances, um, where are the goals coming from in this team at the moment? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, there was all that talk across the summer. I mean, we knew from the start United needed maybe a right wing, a new centre mid, new centre back, new full backs. But we did also say right from the start they needed another attacker just to yeah. sort of supplement Lukaku, especially with the Champions League draw this week. It means United will start playing two games a week. You'll have the Carabao Cup as well coming into effect. So we're a lot of pressure on Lukaku and. The wingers, when they play through the middle, they not always look the best. We saw pre-season Matter and Sanchez look good as a front two, but we've seen it to different sort of degrees of effect. So I just want to say we're onto it. We said United, well, maybe they maybe did deserve to lose and maybe they shouldn't have as much credit they had for attacking. But do you feel that 3-0 is a bit harsh on United, that it sort of escalated towards the end, it got a bit out of control, but... Yeah. Maybe that's the difference between a team that's lethal up front and a team that's not. Because I know everyone, and we had a discussion about this on desk before, the expected goals. Mm. United last night actually technically created maybe clearer cut chances than Tottenham, but they caught up. And Mourinho alluded to it in a post-match press conference. He said in the first half we didn't allow them to have any chances from free kicks or corners, but you give one to Harry Kane and maybe that's the difference in quality. Yeah, and I mean, although the defence in the first half held pretty firm for a makeshift back three, um, Spurs should have had a penalty, shouldn't they? With yeah. that Jones push, and that has been forgotten because you know they were such clear winners. Um, I just think you know, no matter how many chances you create, unless you're maybe Liverpool, um, you're always going to get it's going to work the other way where your defense gets found out, and that worries me going forward because um, the fact he's dropped by in Lindelof no real confidence in them they're going to take a hit from that you saw when Lindelof came on he just he looked lost and when you think a year on from Huddersfield he's still having those kind of performances when he's such a confident World Cup that's that's a real issue um, Smalling you know there are times I thought he did he did well there's a couple of really good, really good half, tackles yeah um, but again you know you're, you're, you're looking at it now and it's um 16 years to the day Rio Ferdinand made his United debut and there isn't a worthy successor to him on their books at the moment mainly as well because they all look so uh, low in confidence and it's up to Mourinho to use these extended periods at Carrington now because they're only playing one game a week to, to somehow get the team back into shape but what you're seeing is they're chopping and changing um, Brighton yet Pereira Mata Guys like that, by starting, not even in the squad now, um, and you'd expect a Burnley is going to make some more very left field decisions. You, know, you could see Pereira playing on the wing, for example. It wouldn't surprise me. It's it's just the way he's going. He's trying to find a settled team, but 
to be in that situation two years on is is not great when you have ambitions of challenging for a title. Yeah, you spoke about the anniversary of Ferdinand since he signed as well. It's also the day we were recording this seven years since United beat Arsenal eight mm. two. That was a top four clash at Old Trafford that United. I know it was a poor Arsenal side, but they triumphed and. Now, all these years later, the Spurs, who weren't even top four contenders back then, now observed them yeah. come up the table and it feels like the table has turned a bit. You, you mentioned there um, the, the changes from Brighton. Um, they were wholesale changes from Mourinho. As we said, their response was needed. Um, ultimately, hindsight's a useful thing. We can say maybe he got some of them wrong. Do you think the message he sent to the squad's quite a mysterious one now? I mean, players know they have to fly every week or they really can be dropped. There is no real undroppable yeah. in this United side no. anymore. Um, I remember last season we used to say there was that core down the middle you still sense the likes of Matic, De Gea, Lukaku when they are firing our undroppables but the United team at the moment there's a bit of turmoil do you think Mourinho does know that his best 11 players? No, no I, I think for a while that debate was a bit tedious but everything that's happened recently uh, will tell you that he doesn't um, and I think after the game he's asked does he know his best defence? And he doesn't. And we think of Mourinho's best teams, they've always been built on, you know, using 15, 16 players and first and foremost playing the same back four every week. Um, think of all those great partnerships, you know, Carvalho, Costa, all the way up to Cahill and Terry. Um, and at the moment, to three games in, when you're trying to build a title challenge, which you need a settled defence for, you don't have a settled defence. That's not good, is it? And then you have to look at the other areas of the pitch that are also so unsettled. So, I mean, the only players, yeah, as he said, um, that are certainties anymore, probably De Gea, Valencia, Matic, Fred. Fred's made yeah. a good impact, hasn't he? Um, Lukaku. And then it's 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 really been a, a shift around between Lingard, Rashford, Martial even. Um, Sanchez. Sanchez. I suppose Sanchez, you know, when fit, he is one of yeah. the first teams on Team Sheet under Mourinho. But... Um, you know, there's only really six or seven there that are nailed on and really you want nine or ten and that can be the difference sometimes between that continuity because I think you're seeing it in their play sometimes there isn't that kind of almost memory of how they play with each other um, no, it's hard to think of specific partnerships on the pitch no we can think back say he's played well to go it seems like almost every option Mourinho's had he's, he's tried at some point yeah. it's interesting to say like, like I said he think back to his Inter Milan Real Madrid teams he always had that stable back four as well as you yeah. alluded to it, Chelsea. and it's not necessarily I know some people say he's not the right fit or something, but he's got the right ideas that United have they both have that in common that they like to have established back fours it's mm. not worked there's lots of fallout in the game we saw Toby Alderweire have a very good game against United particularly as we mentioned off air before that that challenge on Lingard in the box where he cleared it for a corner. Um, Mourinho and centre-backs, it's always a, a topic that divides divides people. Were United right not to back him in the summer? Obviously he wanted a centre-back, but Lindelof and Bailly's yeah. bought. Um, his track record of buying centre-backs in United has not been good. No, so I think it, it, it's it's um, a two-sided argument. I think the, the Bailly-Lindelof thing is, is perfectly valid. Why buy these guys if you know you're going to need an authoritative voice there eventually? Um, obviously, they haven't developed the way he maybe taught. Um, but do you think that maybe he's partly down? Yeah, to the yeah. The, 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 I say the, he, public, he doesn't publicly support them. Maybe he's a back two. If, yeah, think? They, they don't look to me that they've had um, the arm around the shoulder. A, a, a year for Lindelof. He doesn't really look like he's had a year of extra defensive coaching at the highest level. By still makes these rash things that I suppose are just part of his makeup yeah. because he is quite a. Uh, 
blood to the head kind of a defender at times. Um, I think this is the thing with Mourinho. I mean, um, in July, I think he said by, you know, he played through the pain barrier for one of the tour games and he was so effusive in his praise and it looked like by as long as he would stay fit that yeah. centre-back thought was his and now you're looking only a matter of weeks later um, he's not even in the stands you know it's 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 crazy when you think we know how well he can play um, but for whatever reason he, he's still a bit inconsistent for me um, and that's that's the worry that no matter what partnership you seem to put together in that defence whether it's Jones and Smalling who know each other so well whether it's Lindelof and Smalling who've done okay at times whether it's Bai and Smalling Herrera and Smalling Herrera and Smalling yeah you, and the fact I suppose that you're, you're still mentioning Smalling as someone who who stocks risen just because he hasn't been in the mm-hmm. team that that isn't great either it'd be interesting to see almost like a flowchart of how the <laughs> United players stocks risen over yeah. the last couple of years because it seems every defender has a spell for being the most sought after defender at the club to being one of the lowest and yeah I guess that is the flux that sort of... <laughs> You'd wonder, like, with, with Rojo coming back, will he suddenly be... I don't think he'll be deemed the saviour by any means, but it, they have... interesting what his role will be after it looks certain he's going to yeah. leave all of the last they've, week. And... They've five centre-backs now, and you wouldn't feel like you could put your mortgage on any of them. No, and you wouldn't be surprised to see any any particular sort of no. <laughs> line-up either. I guess while we're onto it as well, Mourinho's comments after the game, so he deserves more respect. He alluded that he won more Premier League titles than the other 19... Managers put together, which is a good line. That yeah. if they won, you'd be saying that's iconic. Imagine I'm googling it beforehand. It's quite <laughs> it sad. Seems a bit uh, bad <laughs> at the end. And of course, at full time, there was that sort of bizarre moment. I mean, it's what Mourinho does best. The mm. attention was all on him, not on Tottenham after full time, which yeah. is a lot about it. I know it's United, the whoever everyone in the media wants to write about, but full time, the sky cameras are all on Mourinho. Stood there in front of the Stretford end, clapping there, putting the United scarf around his on his neck. Um, what did you make of that from Mourinho? Is it? Uh, I know. I think Jamie Carragher said it was sort of white handkerchief, sort of. Yeah, it was. Um, it's, it's like you said, it's a diversionary tactic, isn't it? Because um, it gets know, the it, fans on side straight away. Do you think yeah. as well? After you've just lost three 0 he somehow had the strap for them chatting his name. Although what they've just seen was was yeah. unacceptable. It was a mixture between the fans. You got the sense that some have almost had enough not just yes. with Mourinho but the whole way the club's going oh, yeah. but he's still got that loyal core yeah for them. I think you know in the uh, Brighton game 10 minutes in they're chanting his name and again um, after that game he made out what a fantastic yeah, put we have. He's, he always he's good at sort of keeping the, the and fans he was close. quite cynical after the game I think he did an interview with Sky and he was like um, my fans are intelligent they don't read the papers or yeah. watch telly and you think mm. uh, <laughs> suddenly you, you know a year ago he was talking about the fans and um I think it was before or after that Tottenham game where he was like, "Oh, I hope you enjoy it." It was a really like uh, <laughs> dry comment yeah. in his um, program notes because of they booed the decision. He, um, he substituted was it Lukaku came off against Tottenham or Luke Rashford? It was it was one or the other, and the fans, some of the fans, weren't oh, yeah. too happy about it. And the following program notes, he had a little dig at them. So when he needs the fans, he'll he'll use it. Uh, but I think. You know, we're at a stage now where um, I think it's telling he's reflecting on past glories. You know, it, it was the same when Sevilla knocked them out of Champions League. He was saying, you know, I sat in this chair as Porto manager when I knocked United out. These things happen, and it's it's just it's it's, almost not it's not nice to the responsibility yeah, as well, and diverting from it, like you said. And 
it's not nice to look at when you see him literally raising three fingers. You know, this is the guy when they won the Europa League was telling them put three fingers up for the Community Shield, the Carabao Cup, and the Europa. You know, it's just a bit petty when you think you know this is one of the great managers of all time, and you're wondering, you know, can he really turn this round? Um, because we're only three games in, it's so hard to forget. And on one hand, he's going to need more time, but on the other, you're like, well how are they in this mess but it goes all the way up as you touched upon yeah it's difficult to pinpoint I know we've done lots of articles pinpoint who's to blame there's, there's so much going on of course we'll bring you that throughout the week as we, we learn more as when we look ahead to that weekend game um, Gary Neville also said last night um, after the game it's going to be the biggest challenge of Mourinho's career going forward to try to rectify this two of the tables United I think while we're on it we should just clarify their stances that they still have faith in Mourinho yeah yeah, yeah. so I mean the the They've no plans to sack him. They've, they've not been shy in saying that because I think, as you said, uh, it's almost absurd asking the question because we are only three games in. But um, I think when Mourinho's in this kind of situation, memories come back. Um, what happened at Chelsea? Uh, it's not too long ago um, when you know they were losing to Bournemouth, Southampton, getting hammered, um, and that is the issue when when he is faced with a malaise and things are really going wrong and the confidence is down and the players are doing things they don't usually do and they're not playing to their full uh, abilities how can he turn it round and I think the the Mourinho of old had the luster and, and the, the sparkle to do that but um, we'll know pretty soon whether he still has that ultimately uh, to to convince these players because obviously this is a completely different generation of players now um, the youngest he's ever dealt with, the millennials who are not maybe as, you know, a defeat maybe wouldn't wreck their week like it would have a yeah. Patrice Ever or Rio or those kind of players. So um, I think he's found that it's a different crop and how he can manage them and, and how he can treat them and how they respond to him. And perhaps he's still figuring that out with some of those personalities because there's a lot of complex egos in that dressing room. But um yeah, it's it's a huge challenge for him already to to even think about a title at the moment. You you really wouldn't, yeah, especially after he said, "Remember, last, last finish the second last season was always greatest achievement." Mm. You still feel that that was a bit tongue in cheek, and yeah. so I play it down really that uh, finishing second to Man City would be such an achievement. But like I said, it's a big big task on his hands, rather on his hands than mine. Um, but positives from last night, there's not many to go from. But <laughs> we, we touched on two of the Luke Shaw. We said he's first name one of the first names on the team sheet yeah. now, and Fred in midfield. I thought first half he was fantastic, and even second half he almost set up that Lindelof header into the yeah. side and a fantastic set piece delivery from him. And but both looked like positives going forward. Okay, maybe after a three 0 defeat against Tottenham, it's not what fans want to hear, but maybe not all doom and gloom, or not as gloomy as maybe it needs to be. It's it's the wake up call United needed, but there's some some positives there. Yeah, I think with with Fred, what struck me is. When Mourinho's made signs before with Lindelof and Mkhitaryan, he was very patient, bordering on people, you know, why isn't this guy playing with Fred? The second he flew up to the US, he was starting games on tour. Uh, he started all three league games, and I think he has settled in pretty well. He can be a bit over-eager sometimes. Um, it's quite funny, he nearly pushed Mourinho over to take a throw-in <laughs> last night, which is, was quite amusing. Um, and he, he just brings that energy. I mean, I, I don't know if we've necessarily seen him unlock what Paul Pogba can ultimately bring but that isn't his job anyway his job's really to come in and um, oh, 
down there is him to be yeah, fair. Just... I was impressed. It's difficult because we, we spoke before he signed, really, and he didn't have to be signed. What were we going to expect from mm. Fred? I don't think any of us knew. I mean, <laughs> no. some of us had seen him play last season for Shakhtar. Glimpses, yeah. But we'd never actually seen what to expect. We didn't see him at the World Cup, of course. He didn't play a single minute. But I've been really impressed with, as I said before, his sort of free ball, his final pass. I know we said, and I know you, I remember you telling me that he, he's not afraid to pass a ball forward. Yeah. Um, sometimes you take that for granted. You exactly. Think, yeah, you who know, can't do that? But when you, <laughs> when you do see a player like him in the team, you notice the difference. He gives the whole lift. It look a bit more energised. I think especially the, the fact he's in this sort of fledgling year at Old Trafford, he's only just begun, he has got that eagerness to impress and stuff. Mm. And it's going to be tough for him after, after tasting his first defeat. He spoke about how delighted he was to make his debut against Leicester and how fantastic the atmosphere was there. It's a different yeah. atmosphere now. Maybe a realisation of just how big a club United is. I'm sure when he lost with Shakhtar, you won't have a fallout as you'll get um, from mm. us today. But very impressive. I think he complements that midfield well as, as well. I mean, it's difficult to say because Pogba had another... Another game below par game to put it one way, but uh, do you think there's an encouragement in the way that midfield trio of him, Matic and Pogba is starting to shape up? Yeah, I think it's it's going to be their their first choice trio, isn't it? That we haven't really seen McTominay, for example, come into the reckoning, um, despite all the chaos, and it's been quite telling. He has generally of of all the areas of the team, the midfield's almost been quite consistent in his selection. When it comes to Shaw's, as we as we uh, touched upon again um, yeah it's 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 just great to see um, you know that was his first start against a top 16 in nearly two years and I know they got in behind him a, a little bit as it went on but I think he I think that also comes down from not having too much protection exactly. from Sanchez there's no, no criticism particularly <laughs> Sanchez because you know what he's going to get yeah. he's never really been renowned for that no, um, no. maybe in the bigger games it's something for Marino to think about playing yeah. as the big teams that maybe someone like Rashford might be better if he tracks back and you can educate him to do so yeah. but Sure. Like I said, it was encouraging the way he coped, and especially against a team like Spurs, because they said they are fast, they do get in behind you, but most of the, the exposing of that defence was through the middle, playing Lucas Moura mm. off, off our game. And yeah. I guess who knows what we'll see. On yeah, the, on I mean, it's it's. I mean, think Southgate was watching. Obviously, he's up against Pochettino. There was there was lots for him to to be motivated. And playing against Danny Rose as well. And Danny Rose, the direct rival of that England team, that's and he could have replaced him at United not too long ago. So. There was a lot for him to be up for, and um, I think though you know it was only a month ago he's getting that that clip of him getting skinned. San Jose earthquakes <laughs> was going viral. His physique was being critiqued, but I think it it it's a stupid statement to make. But he's one of those players. Uh, give him a run of games, he gets better each game. Principally because he can maintain his match fitness. Once that match fitness drops, I find with Shaw, it's hard for him to to yeah. get it back. He needs you know three, four, five games in a row, and I think. Young's been fit. Young's been back. Young is you know, one of Mourinho's lieutenants, but it's been telling Luke Shaw's stayed on that left back slot from uh, July all the way through now, and um, I think he almost has a bit of credit now in the bank that he doesn't necessarily have to play a seven out of ten game every every match, but if he just keeps showing that attitude, um, you know, uh, as he revealed in the summer, you know, he, do, he doesn't even want to think about a contract. He wants to earn that, and I, I think that's an attitude some of those players good use and, and he's setting a good example finally um, you know finally realising his potential and um, it'd be great you know the England squad's named on Thursday if he gets named that's another huge boost for him and showing how you know in a matter of three months how far he's turned it around 
Yeah, and we mentioned that on Thursday. There's also a Champions League draw on Thursday, and we'll discuss that once that's actually happened. It's difficult to sort of divulge about it yet because who knows that get um, Luka Moussa Moscow are the more favourable hot one options, <laughs> but we could see United playing anyone really, couldn't we? Like to Real Madrid, Barcelona, yeah. and uh, Atletico Madrid, PSG, Juventus. There's, there's some appetising away days for yourself, Kieran. Maybe not ones United fans would be looking forward to too much. And of course, you've got the likes of Inter Milan in in pot four as well it would yeah. be interesting with that Mourinho link as well and go Perisic playing against United and you'd, you'd wonder I, I, I suppose in some ways Mourinho would love them to get a, a, a group really of tough death and get group through it because you look at what happened last season I think um, fans would quite like it look, yeah it, that too it's such a waste I know getting knocked out the Champions League anyway is a waste but when you get knocked out to a smaller team like for there's, no, Hall, ex- you know, there's no excuses that group was in Wolfsburg and teams like that and yeah. even last season Sevilla after getting through a group and had Basel in it and the group they made heavy work in, in the end because they had to go to the last game to win the group and CSK were 1-0 up at half time so it, in, given their mentality um, we will see that on Sunday you know they play against Burnley but they they raise their game against the Tottenham but nearly want them to play those kind of teams in the Champions League as, as bizarre as it sounds because at the moment that seems the only way United can kind of get themselves together and prepare from the first minute yeah I think uh, I had a look before I think that the worst possible scenario would be, would be someone like Juventus Monaco and Inter Milan that well, would be interesting that would be a proper yeah, test yeah. for Mourinho for sure. but I don't think that will happen but who knows yeah. I don't want to make these predictions <laughs> yet I guess uh, final talking point as we've alluded to many times Burnley away on Sunday yeah I'm just trying to remember my schedule for this weekend. Um, we mentioned last week um, after Brighton, I asked you on the phone on an unaired interview, I think, actually, because we had to, we had to make for some amendments. We said, um, would it be a crisis after United lost to Brighton? You said, depends what they're doing in the next two games. Losing mm. to Tottenham, maybe not crisis as such yet, but the game against Burnley could really make or break that, especially going to an international mm. break, because that gives you two long weeks to mull over what has happened, yeah. the importance of a win. And I know we say this every week, but United really have to get a win on Sunday. They're playing a Burnley side who are suffering from Europa League hangovers. They've not started the season well at all. Yeah. Sure, there's no excuses not to win on Sunday. There isn't, but I went, to that, I went to that Brighton game thinking that because they got hammered by Watford, didn't have a shot on target at Vicarage Road. And Brighton were, were brilliant. And I don't think there's such a thing as a banker in the Premier League anymore. It's a cliche now, but... You go to Burnley, particularly Burnley, who probably one of the stickier away teams, particularly last season. Um, it's going to be a fight, and those players have to have to be so up for it. And I think it's a tricky one because they will have taken confidence from that first half, um, but it's just the way it fell to pieces. If United's kind of game depends on that string being so like taut and can easily snap then they're only one goal away from potentially conceding one two three more so that's the worry that they don't seem to have that last line of defense that they could withstand enough to you know allow them to miss one or two chances is that the stage now where they really have to any presentable chance has to be scored and that puts as, as we said that huge pressure on Lukaku because um, he's been one of the few big threats who's getting into those positions he should be um, but he's not always putting them away and um, I think Burnley that's that's a tough game um, but if they win it's perfect going into that international break because obviously the players go away Mourinho has no one really to work with um, and they have something to build on then going into um, 
Watford away, which is again another tricky one there in brilliant form. So it's weird that although they don't play another big team uh, to Chelsea, I think um, they have a load of those kind of tricky smaller teams, your Watford Wolves. And West teams that they struggle against in passes, yeah. as we mentioned, the, the record against Watford in recent years has been really, really poor a couple of times. It could be interesting. Of course, Burnley where last season was where Marshall won it for you. Yes. Know, he wasn't even in the squad mm. against Tottenham. It's going to be interesting. I guess the final point, Kieran, is as I'm not even going to ask you should there be changes. It's clear there has to be changes. But Mourinho going to the game was saying, do you expect any drastic changes? Do you think players going to be brought back into the fold after being excluded against Spurs? Do you think anyone's going to be played their way out of the, the game for Burnley? Um, I suppose John's injury is in force. So it's whether he goes three at the back I can't see Lindelof starting. Um, so that leaves you with Smalling. Does he stick with Herrera there? It seems a bit desperate, doesn't it? To, Does Baye come back? Baye come back, you know, could be a perfect response um, after being left out of the squad. Um, but then Midfield choose itself. Pogba, Fred, itself. Matic. Todd Lingard did, was, was trying. He yeah. was trying. I, th- I think it would be harsh to drop him necessarily. So Sanchez have... has to come in. It's a no-brainer, isn't it? And Lukaku starts. So I don't think there'll be six changes like there was um, on, Monday. on Monday, but I don't think he's any closer to knowing. I think he has at least three or four positions up for debate going into this week of training now. and uh, the Players have the chance to put their, their hand up, but you saw that when Martial came out from the cold, played against Brighton, and he's out again. And, you, know, you just don't know what Mourinho anymore. He, He's making some very left field decisions, so there could be another one on the cards on Sunday. Who knows? I guess that's the excitement in the way of the United fans. Maybe not this early on to the season, yeah. and not after two defeats. But go again against Burnley. What's the worst that can happen? Hey, Kieran, thank you very sure. much for joining us here. Um, not sure if you'll be back next week. You've got other plans this weekend, which is understandable. Apologies. Don't, don't apologise to you for that. But we will be back in the international break. And of course, we'll bring you all the reaction from that Champions League draw on Thursday. And we've got the England squad announcement. Maybe there will be a call-up for Luke Shaw. Definitely on Monday night showing he deserves one. Thank you very much for joining us, Kieran. Make sure to subscribe to Manchester's Red on Acast for all the latest episodes.